creativelyanddeliberately.com, a podcast where we will discuss how to creatively and deliberately make choices that give life meaning. This podcast will be where I creatively express myself. Today in our podcast, we're going to talk about thoughts. Like I said in my first episode, I'm a deep thinker, and this episode might feel extremely deep. I can't tell you how many times my husband has said to me, can I have my quarter back? He compares my excessive talking to a quarter machine that won't stop working. It isn't that my husband doesn't want to listen to me. It's just that I generally do all this talking when he's trying to go to sleep or when he's working. Does anyone else do that? So most of my creative energy goes into writing fiction. I've gotten attached to my fictional worlds, but as a deep thinker, I also love self-help and philosophy, along with, of course, loving the sciences. When I get plugged into the intellectual world, then my mind goes crazy. Or should I say that it goes crazier? It's already going 100 miles an hour as it is, yet this type of educational material makes it go even faster. So bear with me as I share things that I'm pretty passionate about. So there's a meme online that says something like, you think you're worn out? Try living in my head. This is describing me. So I'll try not to be too winded, but I love this topic and learning about it was a game changer for me. First, it's interesting to note that no one really knows where thoughts come from. Think of all the times thoughts have just popped into your mind. It can be said, however, that it comes from the same being alive place that beats our heart. I guess it's that breath of life platform that allows all of us to experience life. So what are thoughts? So thoughts are actually impersonal. What you ask? Here, let me explain what PhD Richard Carlson's words are. Thinking is an ability, a function of human consciousness. He then says, as any other human function, thinking goes on whether we want it to or not. Carlson is one of the many individuals who help us see how thought really is a neutral function. It's what we make circumstances or events in our life mean that suddenly flips the switch to being personal. And then the cause and effect takeover, or like I like to say, the behavior boomerang. We generally have feelings that form unuseful thoughts. There's no way to feel jealous without first thinking you're jealous. You can't be angry, mad, sad, or even overwhelmed without first thinking about being angry, mad, sad, or overwhelmed. We happen to create what's in our lives twice. First through our internal thought, those thoughts then switch over to being our reality, or rather our external results. If you think that you're unloved, then you act as though you aren't worthy of love, and then you're treated as though you aren't loved because of your tainted actions that stemmed from your misguided thoughts. If you switch that thinking to you are loved, then you will act with love and then you'll receive love back, confirming that you truly are loved. We must first notice what we're thinking. Are our thoughts open and trusting or are they closed and defensive? We attach opinions to our life experiences. It's not life that has an opinion of us. Learning to separate opinion from impersonal situation is the hardest part of existing or being human. 
But if we'll learn that we are in control of our thoughts, we can then create what we want on our platform of life. Existing from this place of mental control brings serenity and peace. And that's why I'm adding my voice to the many others who are shouting from the rooftops that we create our own results through our thoughts. We must get away from the idea that thinking only means when we're pondering something. Pondering doesn't get its own deliberate thinking. It has to share the stage. Attaching our opinions to our life experiences is the instantaneous way of thinking. It's this method that we need to pay attention to in a more methodical way. I loved how Dr. Carlson penned in his book titled, You Can Be Happy No Matter What, when he said, The time it takes to feel the effects of your thinking is the same amount of time as it takes to to see the light after turning on the switch. Sadly, I grew up being a victim of my circumstances or events in life. I falsely believed that circumstances and events were the causing of my thinking, like life was happening to me and I had no control over it. You know, without this obvious gap from what we're selectively thinking to how we actually feel, it's easy to be misguided and think that we have no control, but that isn't true. Now I know that what I choose to think determines how I will feel. Because of this awareness revolution that is clarifying this universal truth that our thoughts create our feelings, we can be awakened to the thoughts and actions that will empower us over our constantly changing circumstances. When we take back the control of our lives, we are in fact the captain of our souls. Contentment and happiness come from within ourselves. The world doesn't supply it. But like the efforts of pondering, it does take deliberate concentration to tame our contrary useless thoughts. So back to the fact that what we think will determine what we will see in our life. Realizing that your mind is there to serve you will allow you to take the helm of knowledge to help you navigate past the obstacles that will stand in your way. Remember how I said in a previous episode that our mind works like a detective because it looks for evidence of your thoughts? If you think you are stupid, your mind will find the evidence in your life to support that belief. If you think you're lucky, guess what evidence you'll see? This is good news because it will help you monitor the the parts of your life that need improvement. The internal nagging that something is wrong won't go away until you address it. This truth really hit home when I finally realized that my thought patterns of rejection were my own causing. As a writer, there are many forms of rejection that can be taken personally from various critique groups to a variety of letters of rejection from publishers. I let these rejections mean that I'm always rejected. So when other relationships in my life resembled rejection to me, I immediately thought that I wasn't worthy of support and friendship because there was something wrong with me. With this label of being unworthy that I had given myself in one area of my life then trickled into other areas as proof to my rejection story. Instead of fixing this way of thinking, I assumed that it all had to do with where I lived. Maybe living in a new area would bring a different result. The funny thing about life is that when we form opinions about something as personal as rejection, it means that no matter where you go, you're going to find rejection because your head goes everywhere you do. 
Situations will happen again and again until it is addressed. If you will immediately recognize and see that it's your thinking about these negative emotions that have brought them into your life, rather than your area or surroundings, the sooner you can get it resolved. It all starts from within first. I ran across this quote the other day that I'll paraphrase. The mind is its own place where it can make a heaven of hell or its opposite, a hell of heaven. Such truth. Granted, there are times we run into bitter opinions and thinkings of others, and so that's a reflection of their own thoughts. However, it works as a good reminder that we have to take care of our own platform where we get to decide what it is we want to be known for. As an author or any online business, platforms are huge. It's our space, our brand, our identity that we try to establish for everyone to see. Realize that in life, you are also given a platform to announce what it is that you're all about, and it's made manifest through your thoughts and actions. Now here's an important distinction that will help all of us evaluate what is opinion and what is normal, healthy functioning. We have two separate systems within the brain. Scientists call it system one and system two, and they service different areas of our well-being. These systems of thinking are viewed as the computer thinking mind that takes data of the past and compares it to other mechanisms of our identity, such as our preferences, beliefs, that are then compared to the present situation. I'm going to call it our rational mind. We also have the creative emotional mind that can be reactive in certain situations, and this can keep us alive. But it's also where empathy and motivation stem from. Bottom line, every system has its specific job that they need each other to provide in order to have a systematic approach to all the demands of life. All parts are needed. In order to be conscious of the thoughts and feelings, we need to tap into our wise mind that balances between both the rational logical mind and the passionate emotional parts of the brain. Dr. Carlson gives five functioning principles of normal healthy functioning by saying we start off with thinking. Thinking is a voluntary function. Now we need to clarify a distinction. Thoughts are different than thinking. Our thoughts just happen. Our thinking is what we're in control of. So we need to realize that it's what we think that we create. The second principle is moods. Since our thinking can be voluntary, our moods will fluctuate from moment to moment, day to day, and sometimes hour to hour. We can all agree that our moods are constantly fluctuating, right? Noting that there will be high moods where we can naturally tap into wisdom and common sense and low moods where our thoughts become more irrational will help in making the right decisions in life. Think of when you're tired, hungry, or sick. You don't generally show up as your best self. That is the same with feeling fearful, worrisome, or doubtful. It's the fact that you don't think the same in those touchy grouchy states as when you're feeling healthy and thriving. But remembering that everyone has low moods because it's part of being human will help in viewing situations 
situations in life with a little more compassion and curiosity. Being aware of these fluctuating moods is vital. There will be times when you're down and out and you must give yourself time. Being grateful for what you have will help raise you higher, but we must always remember to not take our thoughts so seriously during these low periods because that's when we can easily become distorted. And that goes with also acknowledging that others will have fluctuating moods as well. Number three on his list addresses our separate realities. Since we all experience life differently, we'll view life in our own unique way. What's important to you might not be important to someone else. This really hit home last year. At one time, I had spent quite a bit of energy wishing my husband had experienced what I had, so he understood why I acted the way I did. But then it dawned on me that even if he did get put in those same situations, he would act differently because he is different. We all have our own thought systems that is filtered by our own experiences, expectations, and opinions. It's our own special way to life. Yet our way becomes so familiar that opinions will feel more like fact because we are the ones who have created them, when in reality, it really is just our own reality to life, or should I say our own thoughts. It reminds me how easily it is to feel like I've experienced what my fictional characters have, all because I have attached emotional energy into their creation. Don't we all feel that way when we go to the movies, as if we're really there feeling what they are? Well, that is the same with our own lives. Being aware of how we can get emotionally involved will help us be able to take a step back and view life through filters more objectively. This subjective nature can also trick us when it comes to others. We need to let others see how they want to and not get offended by their different view. Getting upset because someone else doesn't view life in your special way is defeating and a bit demoralizing. Learning how to come from a place of curiosity will serve us all a whole lot more. It's better to come from a place of understanding others than judging them. Principle four is feeling Our feelings and emotions are just feedback devices that let us know how we're doing from a psychological standpoint. So let our feelings be our teacher. If we don't like the way we feel, we can change it after we understand its purpose. Five is the present moment. Focused attention in the present moment will allow for inner peace and happiness as long as the negative distortions we have through our thinking are spotted and addressed. Now I know this was a lot of content that I've shared, but important life-changing content. Since we barely scratched the surface and my quarter is expired, we'll discuss more about the typical thinking distortions next episode before we go on to describing what E stands for in our STEPS model. So join us for episode 5 or subscribe so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like what you're hearing, you can always leave a review. Thanks for joining creativelyanddeliberately.com. Deliberately.com.